You're listening to Keep It Current, a real estate show specifically tailored for real estate professionals. This is a nationally syndicated show designed to help real estate professionals level up. So whether you're new in the business or needing a refresher course on how to get better at what you do, this is the show for you. This is Keep It Current, a real estate show for realtors. The goal here is, of course, to you know, help you guys do better by uh, providing some actionable content. Wanted to let you know that uh, Jason Harper will be back probably next week. However, in his absence, I will once again be joined by Blake Brintz. Yeah, he's on my team. He's pretty cool. You've heard him before. He's a millennial. <laughs> Sorry, Blake, you're, you're, you'll forever be a millennial. Uh, okay, this week we're going to address the importance of making the calls. So we're going to help you get in the right mindset and we're going to give you some really good nuggets um, because we not only want to help you get in the right mindset, but we want to help you crush those calls. So it's good to see you again, Blake, since I saw you 30 seconds ago backstage. We are going to be talking about what to do before you make the calls. So, I mean, what do you have to say about that, Blake? Well, for me, you know, it kind of goes back to even when I was playing sports and the mentality is you practice as hard as you can. So when you get into the game, it slows everything down. You start getting in those white moments when everything is going at all cylinders. And it's because you put in the work and the preparation before you actually make the call. Exactly. It's actually the the whole thing about it's like, you know, um, you have to you have to to prepare to make these calls. Look, let's just be honest. A lot of us don't like to make the calls. It's awkward. It's a little bit, uh, it's unnerving sometimes, you know, whether you're calling a brand new lead or you're calling somebody that you have to follow up on, or maybe you're calling a client that you haven't followed up on in a very long time and you're feeling kind of weird about it. Uh, You know, I think you have to, um, you have to prepare for those. Right. Um, And so we want to, let's just, let's just get to it in terms of the three things. There are three things I think, and we discussed this, that that a real estate professional should do to get ready for making their calls. I think the very first thing has to do with mindset and a good way to get your mindset there is to remember your why. Remember how much we talked about that at the beginning? You know, it's so important to have a really powerful why. Why do you do what you do? Why are you in real estate? Well, obviously, it's to make money, right? But why do you need that money? What's the most important thing? What's the, the, the outcome of working so hard? What do you need? What's, what is your why? And if you can remember what that was, what that is, then it's really going to help kind of tune up your mindset. Don't you agree, Blake? Yeah. You know, for me, the why is what gets me out of bed every morning. You know, there's many days and, you know, depending on how the market is, you just don't want to get up. It's like, you know what? I want to go fishing. I want to go hunting. I want to sit my ass on the couch. But if your (laughs) why is strong enough, it is kind of gets you over to make that last call. You know, everyone gets down, they're going to their list. And like, I have two calls left. Well, sometimes that last call is the best call of the day. Oh, yeah. A lot of times it's the best call. And if your why is not strong enough, it's not going to happen. Your phone tends to get heavy. Later in the week, later in the day. Yep, could not ag- ag- agree more. Um, what about the? What about this? What about the the importance of knowing 
your unique selling proposition before you start making those calls. Just reminding yourself on what it is that makes you a rock star. You know, you, you're you're in the right mindset. You know why you got to make those calls because it's you know it's it's connected to your why. Mm-hmm. But it's also just remembering I have a lot to offer. I have a, a whole lot to offer here. Uh, what are some of your unique selling propositions, Blake? Well, one for you know in the Temecula Valley, I've lived here for 27 years. So to a lot of people, that's a long time. You know, I remember when we moved here, there's 40,000 people, and but that is a why in itself, um, or a unique selling proposition. So I've yeah. seen a lot of things. Yep. Another, you know, one of the biggest things is being on a team and. You know, we have our direct team, the hour team, and then our team outside of that with, you know, contractors, handyman, all of that stuff, escrow title. So those are unique selling uh, propositions, depending if you're a buyer, seller and knowing different areas and even your insurance broker today in our area, fire insurance is huge. Oh, so, yeah. you know, those are things that you can offer to bring someone um, the ability to, you know, use technology. Most, there's still a lot of people that aren't using as much technology as us. Yeah. Not as many systems in place to help buyers and sellers achieve their goals. What about the fact that you have access to coming soon listings? Oh, absolutely. You're an expert at the MLS. Um, you can dig up tax information. You, you know, the schools, you know, the planned communities, you know, uh, where the good entertainment is. Um, and what about your negotiating skills? Think about those th- kind of things. Uh, your understanding of the process from contract to close. These are your unique selling propositions. You know, this is why you want to work with me. If you have those things in the back of your mind when you're making your calls, it'll give you the confidence that you are that good. You know, um, let's jump into number three. Separate the follow-up calls from the new leads. Um, before you start the calls, you should, of course, have the right mindset. You should definitely know your unique selling proposition. Yep. It should be in the forefront. But you should also do some organizational things like keep your brand new leads that you have to follow up with or that you have to make, those calls that you have to make, separate from the calls that you have to follow up with. And, and why that would be important is you're going to create a rhythm and a flow and a a cadence and a sound and a style really to following up with leads that need follow-up. And then it's completely, and so you want to keep those all in the same bucket so you can just stay in a rhythm. And the ones that are a little colder, you want to call those all in one batch too. Don't you think that's important, Blake, honestly? Yeah. And how, how I did, you know, divide my day is kind of based off this. It all goes into preparation. So before I show up to the office, I already know what my day is going to look like for the most yeah. part. So the first thing is following up with clients that we're in escrow with. That's first thing in the morning because those are, you know, most important. Those They're tough calls sometimes. You might not want to call a seller or a buyer and say, sorry, our offer didn't get accepted. Yeah. But those are calls that have to be done. After exactly. that, I love to go right into kind of the lukewarm or even hot leads and talk to them because that you get your juices flowing. Yeah. And it, in between each bracket, I take a little bit of time to prepare for that next next grouping because the conversations like your cadence you're talking about is going to be different with a exactly. client that we're in escrow with. And then it's okay. I need to reset my mind, reset my mode to go into, you know, lukewarm and hot clients and yeah. be booking those appointments. And then, okay, now I'm, I have to regroup focus and then call cold leads. Exactly. Love it. Um, so really that's, that's really just at the, at the, the top of this show, 
just sort of to to know the three things before you start the calls. Uh, remember your why, get your mindset going, you know, in a good spot, uh, knowing your unique selling proposition and have that really at the tip of your tongue because it's going to come up. And then separating the calls, the new leads from the ones that, you know, have to be followed up on. That is what to do before you start making the calls. But before we talk about some nuggets on how to crush your calls, I have to, I have to quote Tom Ferry because he said, it's not the leads. It's your ability to convert the leads. And, and so often I think I get into a rut too. I know you do this where you kind of complain about the leads. It's like, Oh man, I ain't getting anywhere with these leads. Right? Well, maybe it's not the leads. Maybe it's your ability to convert the leads. It's mindset. You know, I was talking to one of our other agents the other day and I told them because my phone rang and this was not a lead. This is not someone that I would think that was buying a house. Um, it was someone that was doing some work in my house. But my mentality and my mindset is always be prospecting. Every person I meet is a potential buyer, seller or referral. Yep. And with that mindset, I'm always kind of planting seeds and it, it really comes down to your ability to convert, but it, you know, every lead isn't going to turn into a deal, right. but every deal begins with a lead. There you go. No, that's how my mind is operated Wait, and wired. Can you, say, can you say that one more time? I like that. Say that one more time. <clears throat> Not every lead is going to turn into a deal, but every deal begins with a lead. Yep. So true. Very, very true. So, all right, let's just jump into what we came up with earlier. Yep. Seven things to keep in mind when making those calls, because we want you to crush these calls, right? They're so important to do. Oh, and by the way, since we're talking about calls, um, I think it's very interesting that um, millennials want phone calls. Study after study after study shows that the millennial generation, if that's the gener generation that you're going after, they are so digital and you would think that they just want to text and do all this other stuff and, and not phone call. But studies show they respond to the call. You can get them on the phone and you can and, you know, do some of the things we're about to talk about. You can really crush it with that age. And, and to add to that, as we discussed last week, FaceTime. So, you know, yep. it's more not even just millennials. It's after that. But I have a handful of friends that do not pick up the phone and call me. They'll FaceTime me. Yeah. They're driving on their way home from work. They FaceTime me. I don't know what it is. It's like a, I don't know if it's because of COVID. We felt we couldn't see anybody for so long. And that's how we connected when everyone was doing those, you know, group meetings Zoom, or Zoom, Zoom meetings. Yeah. yeah. But it, yeah. FaceTime is huge. And I think it's only it going to get bigger and bigger, especially in our industry. Yeah. In the way society's going. Yep. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, okay. So seven things to keep in mind when making your calls so you can crush them. Let's talk about this first one. Clinging to pretty much anything you possibly can uh, to build rapport. Nothing is more important than building rapport on that call. I mean, I mean, the close, of course, is really important. But, but building rapport, making them uh, feel confident in, in, in you, right? You've got to have a conversation with these people and you've got to build rapport. And if you're going to build rapport, it's got to, it, it, you know, sometimes it's really hard to, to cling onto something. How about, uh, here, an example that I heard, um, somebody on Kyle whistles team was talking about how so many times 
we'll hear something like, oh, yeah, I'm just moving into the area because um, I just got a new job. And we, we jump right into, oh, that's great. So what kind of house are you looking for? How about building rapport by saying, oh, a new job? Tell me about that. Yep. You know, engage with them about the little things that they that are exciting to them, you know, um, or, or maybe it's or maybe it's I need a bigger house because I, you know, I'm pregnant. I'm just I, I'm going to have a baby. And you're like, oh, that's fantastic. You know, and, and, and you know, do you have any other kids? Is this your first one? Build rapport. Yeah, the baby thing's huge. I've actually had that. And that's been an excuse to follow up with multiple people. People yeah. that came into an open house at one point and they're like, hey, you know, we're looking for something bigger. We're going to be having a baby. Well, I get their information. They go to my database and yeah. having good detailed notes about that lets you know. So when I call, hi, Susie, it's Blake Prince. Who? Oh, the realtor you met at an open house. You know, I was calling to see how everything's going with your family. You know, yeah. I spoke with you a couple months ago. You told me you're going to wait till after the baby. This is me following up. And it's you remember that? Yeah. Another thing, pets. People love their pets. If you yeah. know that people are dog people, horse people, and you can connect with them, yep. make a note. Add that note to your database. Yeah. It comes up all the time, too. I can't believe how many times I've heard over the years that people are actually looking for a bigger house because they need more room for their dog, right? Or I need a, I need a bigger yard for my dog or whatever. Talk about their dog. Find out what what they love about their dog. Like, what are you really looking for is is, is important to know, but... You can get to that later. Engage about the dog. Build rapport. There's a lot of, you know, we could we could go on and on about examples. The, the point is, is just to cling to anything that is exciting to help build rapport and go that direction. So number two, I think um, we need to remember to listen to understand, not respond. I am, uh, I was sharing this, a lot of this information with my team a couple of, like last week. And I am so guilty of this one because I pride myself in being pretty polished when it comes to scripts. And I'm, I'm so, I'm so ahead of the call in my mind that I find myself not listening. I'm not really listening to understand what they want. Right. I'm, I'm listening to just let them talk and let them talk. And then I'm just getting right into my next thing. And that is not how you build rapport. That is not how you get someone to know you, like you, trust you. And yeah, I needed to, it was like, it was when we were talking about this list of ways to crush your calls, this was a good eye opener for me. I have to remember to listen, to understand what their real needs are, not just to respond. No, I, I think that's the biggest one. Yeah. Um, when, when you're doing, if it's a call or you're actually face-to-face -face consultation, something I always use mm -hmm. is, so if I'm hearing you correctly and I'm understanding right now you're in a house that is three bedroom, 1600 square feet. You have a new baby coming. You need something bigger. Yeah. And you said you want something minimum four bedrooms, prefer five, so on and so forth. And when you repeat it back to them, they know that you're paying attention and, and that, you know, you're fully engaged in what's going yep. on. And it's, exactly. it's huge. That is, that's not only are we listening, but we're also building rapport at the same time. Yeah. And they, they go hand in hand. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, this also, also helps as we're getting through the process. We're showing, you know, 19 houses a weekend yeah. and they keep sending us properties that don't check their box. And sometimes we have to revert back to their why. Hey, when we first met, you were looking for four bedroom minimum houses. When you keep sending me all these two bedroom houses 
hey, did I miss something? Are we changing what we're looking yeah, for? Exactly. And you can put the ball back in their court and they say, hey, you know what? You're right. Keep us on track. This is our ultimate goal. Yep. Very true. I already have number three up on the screen. Um, raise objections before they do. So yep. if you really want to crush your calls, uh, I, I really think raising an objection is better than than waiting for them to hit you with it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of really good examples of this. Um, one that I can think of is, uh, look, Mr. Johnson, um, I know you weren't looking, I know you were looking for a home that was uh, four bedrooms, but this is a three bedroom home. I'm sending it to you because it has a huge den that you could easily put a closet in and you know, that kind of thing. So you're, 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 you already know they're going to push back on something that you're sending them or something that you're going to tell them, but you're raising it before they do. So it's just a non-issue. A great example I heard uh, was, you know, hi, this is Brian. I realized that uh, you're, you know, you're looking, I, I realize you're just looking right now on my website, but I just wanted to see if you had any questions. It's very, um, you know, that's one of those calls where you, you, someone comes into your ecosystem or into your database through your website and you know, they're just looking and they came through maybe Google pay-per-clicks. So the last thing they need to do is just be bombarded by a bunch of phone calls because the truth of the matter is they are just looking, you know, that's just, they're not the lowest hanging fruit, but you got to call them. You have to call them. So raise the objection, the objection up front. Look, I know you're just looking on my website. I know you're just looking. Um, but I wanted to make sure that there that you were in, you know, didn't have any questions about navigating the website or if, if you, you know, had any questions for me now, if not, no big deal, that kind of thing. So that that's a, a form of raising an objection before it comes. It could be taxes, could be, what are some other things you can think of, Blake? Maybe all kinds of things. It could be backing up to a busy street. It could be school district. Mm -hmm. It could be an HOA community. We get a lot yeah. of people that move out here. I don't want to live in an HOA. <clears throat> then you find yeah. them a beautiful home and, Dutch village where their HOA is like $14 a month. And yeah. they're like, Oh, okay. I can do that. So objections are huge and it's, yeah. it's going to save you a lot of time, but most importantly, it helps those buyers and sellers that have been stuck on the fence Yeah, because you know, they're worrying, they're thinking of things that aren't really a big deal. Yeah. And unless you bring it up, they're embarrassed. They don't want to ask dumb questions. So if you exactly. raise objections, come up with objections, <laughs> handle them, address them, yeah. That helps them make their decision a lot quicker. Yeah. How about this one? I know you were looking for a low tax area, but I'm going to go ahead and send you this property because, um, you know, and then you start explaining that even though it's a little higher taxes, these homes are so new, you're going to offset that by the cost of Utility. utilities and yep. things like that. Um, I remember said you didn't want to live in an HOA, but I wanted to, I wanted to show you this property here because this HOA, uh, is really lackadaisical when it comes to uh, painting your house pink and they all allow it or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> uh, again, we can go on and on about this one. But I think it's important to remember that if you want to crush your calls, yeah. that you need to learn how to raise those objections before they do. Well, you know? When you got to raise, <clears throat> you have to know the objections before you get on the call. So right. this goes all the way back to the beginning of preparing for your calls. Exactly. You don't want to be How pulling up raise an objection if you're yeah. not really sure what those objections are going to be. That comes right. with experience. I'm I'm uh, making a reasonable assumption that the agents that we're really trying to talk to today or minister to today in this situation is just, hey, we're we out there doing it already. We're making our calls. We're just 
you know, a little discouraged about some things. So we're just helping them get over the hump, you know, considering these things. Um, this is one I really like. Number four, feel felt found. When you're having a community, a, a conversation with somebody, um, always remember this feel felt found because when you're getting pushed back and, and this is when it really works well. Um, if you if you follow this formula, then it's very disarming and it will help it'll help you stay in control of the conversation. Look, I understand how you feel. Um, I have a lot of clients that felt that same way or I have felt that same way. but but here's what I found. And so it's just a good it's just a good roadmap on you know dealing with objections and keeping that that conversation going in a way that you have a little more control of. What are your thoughts on this one? Well, you're touching to the empathy portion. And when mm -hmm. you're talking and you're empathetic with people and you're coming from a place of understanding, that one shows vulnerability on your end, but you're addressing, you're listening to their concerns. So now it's you're hitting multiple levels that are going to make them feel, one, that they probably want to jump through the phone and give you a big hug, but you're yeah. building that rapport. You know, everything is a building block to that close. And this is a great, you know, feel <clears throat> felt found is a great way to, you know, really empathize with people, especially when the markets are tough and things aren't happening the way that they want or they envisioned and it's taking a little bit of time. Yeah. And the markets right now are very tough, especially with the shortage of inventory and you're, you know, having to deal with a little bit of buyer fatigue and things like that. Um, having, having to make that follow-up call and, you know, addressing, you know, the, the issue of, gosh, you know, we've written 900 offers and we haven't, we've only gotten, you know, a few responses and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's okay just to let them know, look, I know how you feel. Uh, yeah. A lot of my clients felt that exact same way, but here's what, what I found. If we keep on this track or if we try this uh, technique, you know, then we can, we can do it. By the way, we did an entire show. Jason and I did one. It was an incredible show. If I do not mind saying so myself, uh, about strategies on how to get your offer accepted in this difficult market. And we did that show about, I feel like it was, might even have been a year ago and it's still so relevant today. So if you're listening on YouTube or excuse me, on, on a podcast or watching YouTube or maybe watching this, um, live on on facebook look through the videos look through the archives you will enjoy that show because it's there's a lot of really good nuggets that'll help you get your your buyer's offer accepted so feel felt found very important one to remember in conversation let's move on to number five i like this one a lot um use it it's always in my uh in my wheelhouse when i'm having conversations with people and that is if i could whatever, you know, blank, fill in the blanks. Would you blank fill in the blank? So yep. if, if I could get you that $1.2 million that you're really hoping to get, would you be willing to list your house today? If I could find you that five bedroom home that you're talking about that has, you know, a, a pool and a slide and a Olympic sized diving board, <laughs> would you go shopping with me this weekend? <laughs> you know, uh, it's a great, it's a great tool to have in your belt. What do you think? I've been using this my whole career, not really knowing that this was a thing. But if someone told me, hey, this is what I'm looking for, even if I thought it was mission impossible, you're never going to find it, you know, yep. like the trifecta, RV parking, pool, home, paid off solar, and some crazy price amount. 
If yep. I could find it, will you buy it? Yeah. And they always say, yeah, all right, challenge accepted. Or maybe if I could find that, are you ready to go right now? You're, you're trying to determine their motivation, right? 100%. If I can find you this, you're ready to rock and roll? And that's because where I use that with the buyer side a lot to help to get them in the mode of pre-approval. Yep. Before COVID, you know what it was like. Buyers didn't want to get a pre-approval until they found the house they wanted. Then they go through the process. Well, COVID happened and, you know, agents probably love it now because buyers for a long time, they couldn't get in and see houses until they were pre-approved. Exactly. You had to submit exactly. it. But yep, yep. that's, I was helping me get people off the fence. Exactly. All right, we're getting uh, we're wrapping this up real quick here. Number six, yeah. Always leave the call with what's next. Yeah. Don't don't leave it open ended at all. I mean, it could be something as as simple as okay, I'm going to get those properties over to you right now. Be checking your email, okay? Great. Or it could be perfect. I'm going to call you at three o'clock next Tuesday, as promised. Or uh, I sent you the the the. Uh, the property that you're looking at, I also sent you the uh, uh, my, my favorite lender. Um, make sure you follow up with him before noon tomorrow. You know, or I'm going to follow up with you at such and such time. Yeah. Always leave the conversation with what is next. I think this is a good time that if you're trying to break into doing video, video can be awkward for many people. It's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. You can do a what's next video. So if you forget hey, to tell them what's next or, hey, see you tomorrow, send them a quick video yeah. as a text. So yeah. now it's not just a phone call. Now they have a video and it's it's really going to narrow down and they're going to say, you know what, this person really cares about me. Yeah. And you're, you're going to hit all the different things we've already talked about. Yep. Cool. Um, the last one is almost just a bonus one. And in that is just remember to be human. You have to remember to be human because what happens is the better and the the better you get at the calls, oh, yeah. the more robotic you can sometimes sound. Um, but I want I want to remind you that the better you get at this, the more natural you get, the more natural you'll sound. So so focus on you know achieving excellence in these calls in order to sound just more more human and and it's so and also it's okay to make mistakes so if you are you know in engaging conversation on a phone call and it gets a little wonky because you you completely lost your place or you're just you thought it was one person and then you just realized halfway through the call that this isn't even the person you thought it was and and it just it's really going off the rails just let them know just go oh my gosh i just realized you're not john smith you're you're, you know, Sally Jones <laughs> or whatever it is. And uh, that's why this has not been making any sense. Can I, can I just start over, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm sure you can come up with plenty of examples, Blake, where things just went off the rails and you had to just go, wait, whoa, whoa. And you were human about it, right? You're not going to, this is All not right. a time to fake it till you make it. It's just, no. you know, be real. You know, we are all realtors, we all have our license and you know, so on and so forth. But we are dealing for the most part with people that don't really have that much of an idea of how the buying process, selling process works. We are the professional. Yeah. But at that same time, they appreciate the authenticity in you being a human. Oh yeah. Um, the other thing going along with this human thing, as new agents come in, everyone hands us scripts, right? Yep. Well, there's too many agents that literally read line for line off the script. Well, then you become a robot. 
And you can't, if someone throws you an objection, if it's not on your sheet of paper, you don't know how to answer it. Yeah. So the, the scripts are a great skeleton, yeah. Yeah. but you have to really make them your own. It's like a springboard. Because, yeah. Because at the end of the day, when you go show up and you're showing Sally Jones a house and the whole time you talk to her is like a robot and then she sees you in person, you it, it has to match. Yeah. A robot. I think of, hi here, Alex here. I'm connecting you with a call. It's like. You know, it's so, it's so robotic, but some there's, there's a place for that kind of automation and there's a, and there's not And these, this is a time where it's not, you don't want to sound like a robot. You want to be human. You want to acknowledge when things aren't maybe going so great or what have you. So, um, I mean, hopefully these things were very, very helpful. I'm going to run through real fast. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about the seven things to keep in mind when making your calls in order to crush it. We talked about clinging to anything to build rapport because that's so important listen to understand not just to respond raise objections before they do practice the whole feel felt found uh, uh, roadmap in conversation especially with pushback uh, if i could blank would you blank is always a good one to keep in your tool belt Always leave the call with what's next, calls to action, and then, of course, be human. So hopefully you guys really uh, enjoyed this show. I enjoyed it. Do you have any final thoughts, Blake? No, prepare to win. That's all I can say. Prepare to win. If you want to win, you got to put in the preparation. Victory loves preparation. I love it. I love that. That's very cool. You guys, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for tuning in. If you have any questions for me or Blake, we're easy to get a hold of, whether you are listening on the podcast, maybe you're checking us out on YouTube, or maybe you're on Facebook. Any of those platforms, very easy for us to get a hold of. Also, Jason will be back with us. Uh, if you're watching Jason, hello, Jason Harper. He'll be back with us probably next week. And uh, thanks for joining us. We'll catch you on the next one.